I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, and welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 63, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about Christ easing our burdens. And I wanted to quickly tell you about a little list I came up with. So last week, after I gave the Growth Mindset podcast and kind of even before that, I have been thinking about ways that I can be better at praising or actually you're not supposed to praise your kids. You're supposed to encourage your kids or process praise as when I've done this research. So I put together a list of 10 different alternatives to like saying you're so smart. Well, there's 10 different things that I thought I would, I kind of say a lot and then tried to find more process, praise, or encouragement because that's pretty much what you mean. You don't want them to be stuck in this fixed idea of themselves. And sometimes I think I'm just in this habit and it's easy to say, hey, you're smart or good job. But they're saying sometimes you need something different. So for example, and I'll have this list just on, like I'll add it to that episode. So last week's episode 62, uh, I'll just put it in on that page on my website. So if you want to say you are so smart, or if that's kind of what comes into your brain about something your child did, or even a friend or your husband, you can also say something like, the ideas you thought of are unique. Where did you learn about that? But maybe say it in like your own way, but something like that. Or you are brilliant. And instead of saying that, you can say something like, I love that you used your creativity to come up with that idea. And it was funny, even last week, I got my daughter a trumpet because she wants to play trumpet in middle school. And I was able to find this used trumpet on like Facebook Marketplace instead of having to pay a ton for one. And she's like in love with it. And it's so cute. And so I just remember my husband saying, oh, you're a natural. And I was like, no, we can't say that. But you can also say, oh, you're a natural instead of saying that. Or if you say that, just clarify like, I love watching you do that. That's pretty easy. One thing I really liked, one website I found, and I'll list to all the references where I got all these ideas. Some of them are mine, but most of them are just from other people. But one post, I don't know if it was a blog post or 
an article, but it was like five alternatives to good job. Not alternatives, but like different things to say if you want to say good job. So it was like, what you did was kind and generous, or you have improved since the last time, or you didn't give up when it was hard, or I can tell you put a lot of time and effort into this. And the last one, you look really proud of yourself. So there's just a good amount. There's one I also really liked because it reminded me of science fair. Sort of like science fair. It was more like, that was really hard. I'm so glad it's over and you never have to do that again. That's probably what I say after every science fair project. (laughs) But they suggested instead saying, that was really hard. Your effort has paid off. Next time you'll be ready for this kind of challenge. I don't know what you say for like, that was really annoying and I, and you did it. Good job. No, that was really annoying and you put in a lot of effort. And I guess when something like that comes up again, we'll deal with it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so if you need little like, It's like a reset to my brain of what I need to say instead of some of these things. I've got a list and I'm going to maybe figure out how to make it so you could download it. But right now it's like in a cute little infographic and I guess you could take a picture of it or save the image. And yeah, so I hope that is helpful. There was one particular blog that was like the comprehensive list of how to process praise your children so yeah check that one out that one was good because then it had like tips for instance highlight your use of your students strategies and resourcefulness tip number two emphasize students persistence and the fun of succeeding at a challenging task and tip three the more process praise you can give the better All right, so today, this episode came up after I was watching The Chosen. Does anybody watch that? We are kind of in love with that show. We watch it on Sunday nights when Nate's finally done with his day. Sometimes it's kind of late and half the time he falls asleep during it and has to rewatch, but it is so awesome. And there was one episode, it was like the last episode, number eight, I think in season one. And they're getting ready to go and leave. Like he's gathering his disciples to leave from, I believe they're in Capernaum and they're getting ready to leave. And Simon is the only one that is married. And so... I went back and watched it and like wrote down word for word, like everything that was said in this one scene. So in The Chosen, I don't know if Simon's wife's name is really Eden, but her name is Eden in the show and her mother is sick and she's kind of been sick throughout 
this first season, which has been a stress. And so she's looking really sick. Her fever's up. And like Eden's really stressed because Simon's going to go off for I don't know how long. And anyway, she's like walks in and she's in her kind of living area, comes out of the bedroom area and Jesus shows up. There's a couple really cool things that say first at the beginning, Eden says, Jesus, I wasn't expecting you here. And he says, people usually aren't. Just that little statement is so profound. Like I think he can be found in a lot of places where we're not expecting him. So then he says, you saw it first, you know, and she says, what do you mean? And Jesus says, what I see in Simon, you were the first person to notice when no one else did. That connects us. They go on in this conversation and Simon comes in and says, "Um, I'm going to sell these nets. So Eden has more money before we leave. And Jesus tells him to go into his mother-in-law's and be with her. And then he says to her, I told Simon to make sacrifices and leave things behind to follow me. You are one flesh with Simon. He cannot make sacrifices that are also yours. You have a role to play in all of this. And just her face lights up and she's like, do I? And he says, you will know in time. I can't make everything about this easier for you. And then she says, that wouldn't be our people's way. And then Jesus goes on and says, no, it has not been, nor will it continue to be. But I see you. You understand? I know it is not easy to be at home when your husband is out doing all of this, even when you are excited about it and proud of him. So I wouldn't ask you to do this without taking care of a few things. And wow, I'm like crying because sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes it is hard when you're asked to make sacrifices for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for instance, with my husband's calling, there's a lot of time he has away or just time he has to take care of things in our stake. And I just think that it's so true that Christ does take care of of a few things for us. Like he was saying, like, it's still going to be hard, but I'm going to try to make it a little bit easier. And I was thinking about all the things that have been made easier in my life. I don't know if I mentioned with Nate, when he was first called into the stake presidency, I was like, I think it was a month later, I found out I was expecting Millie. So that adjustment, like I just really wasn't ready for the time involved, I think on Sundays, my kids were small and it just was a lot of time. Like he would be gone from 7am to at least 7pm. And it's funny because like I can deal with that during the week and I don't know why it seemed so much harder on Sundays. 
And I think that was just my brain making it harder for me. And I've slowly been able to let that piece go. And I think that's another thing that I think I've been blessed with is that I've been blessed to learn to change my mindset about what is hard. So I think in general, that's really been helpful as I've learned how to manage how I think about service and sacrifice. And I teach gospel doctrine in my ward now. And two Sundays ago, I was giving a lesson and we were talking about sacrifice and Nate was actually there. And he made a point to say, sometimes we think about sacrifice as giving up something. But if we think about it more as giving our best to the Lord. I think that's kind of really cool, this idea of giving our best. So that has really been helpful. I forgot to mention like the story of Jesus when he healed Simon's mother-in-law is mentioned in both Mark chapter 1 verses 29 through 31 and it's just two verses. And it says, and forthwith, they were come out of the synagogue. They entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife, mother, lay sick of a fever and anon they tell him of her. And he came in and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. And what I think was so funny about watching the chosen is when he healed Simon's mother-in-law that she literally jumped back up and was trying to serve them food. And so not only did he ease her burden of Eden worrying about her mother, but gave her like another person to help her out. And that is also another thing that maybe we don't always realize that sometimes we're given people in our lives that kind of help us through these hard times that really do ease our burdens. And the other reference in the New Testament is Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. And it says, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. So what are things that have been hard that are not hard anymore for you? How have your burdens been made light? And sometimes I don't know if we really always recognize it at the time. It's like later on, we're like, oh, that that thing doesn't bother me anymore. Or gosh, I love Sundays again. Like I literally used to hate Sundays, especially when my kids were little. When Millie was a baby, she didn't sleep very much. And I felt like every time I had a new baby, we had like nine o'clock church. So it was always just this hard thing to get kids ready and off to church. And I just remember so many Sundays waking up, feeling like I got zero sleep And taking a shower and just letting myself cry in the shower. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's get everybody ready and go. You know, because Nate was already gone. Most of the time he has like early morning meetings. But now my kids are older 
they all are willing to get ready for church. And it's crazy. There's no fighting in the morning, generally. I mean, there's a little bit. So like last Sunday, I'm like studying my scriptures for 35 minutes while people are getting ready. It's just so different. Um, And I don't know if part of it is me getting stronger and part of it my kids growing up. But I think it's a little bit of both as well as a mindset shift. All of these I feel like I've been blessed with. Like I've been guided to find things that have helped me. I think I've mentioned before that like Nate had the opportunity to work from home probably two years after he got called as a member of the state presidency. And just that job alone, even the state president at the time said to him because he was trying to decide whether to take this job and he's like this job is actually for Camille so she can deal with your calling so you need to take this job so he took the job and he's been working from home now for 10 years and it really has made such a difference and he used to work for Case and he would be gone you know all week and get home at six or seven and then and that's all fine you know that's like normal but then you add his long Sundays and it just felt like a lot especially when my kids were little so now it's like we see him all the time (laughs) we I don't think I'd ever get sick of him but it's such a blessing even if he's in a meeting it's like I can communicate and talk with him whenever I need to. So little blessings like that. And even this last year, he got offered a new job that was actually more pay and the hours weren't quite as demanding. So just as he's kind of a couple years into being the state president, that's really demanding. And he still can provide for us as well as have more time. So as I was looking up different talks and came across the talk from Elder David L. Bednar, um, Bear Up Their Burdens. And I love this scripture from the Book of Mormon in Mosiah 24, 14, where it says, I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders that even you cannot feel them upon your backs. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And that goes on to Mosiah 24, 15. But what I also loved, he said in this talk, was that the unique burdens in each of our lives help us to rely upon the merits mercy and grace of the holy messiah in that talk he talked about a friend and i think i've mentioned this before in one of my other podcasts but about his friend who gets a truck and wants to go cut some wood and gets stuck in the snow so he decides to cut the wood and puts it in the back of the truck and because of the heaviness of the load he's able to get more traction. 
And sometimes I feel like we do get more traction with the loads we're bearing because we are more willing to rely upon, like he said, the merits, mercy, and grace of the Holy Messiah. Now, what is interesting is I was planning on doing this podcast and we had kind of a sad, unexpected happening just last Friday. So Millie's cute little gecko died. (laughs) You guys, it was so sad. He hasn't been eating for a while. And when we, Millie noticed in August earlier that his tail wasn't getting as, wasn't as thick. So with geckos, you can tell they're pretty healthy if they have a nice thick tail. That's where they store their fat. So she was really worried about him and we took him to a vet. We found a vet like that sees reptiles. You guys, seriously, I took my gecko to the vet and they couldn't see anything significantly wrong. And we asked, well, can we feed him something different because he's not eating very much? And she's like, well, no, he likes crickets and mealworms and oh, and he wouldn't eat. And so on Wednesday, we're just trying to get the gecko to eat. And we got these big fat wax worms because they say those are like big treats for the geckos. Okay, maybe he'll start eating this and get his fat back up. And he had a shed the week before and some of that, it was still kind of crusty around his eyes. So we're like, Millie's holding him and Nate's, you know, like getting his eyes wet and trying to get all the dead skin off his eyes and then she tries to literally like hand feed him and he won't eat anything so we call I call the next day to get an appointment and the earliest they could get us in was that Saturday it was so sad because Millie goes upstairs and every day she would try to feed him and he wouldn't eat And on Friday night, she goes upstairs to go to bed and looks in and he's just gone. And I think I cried harder than she did. But I think she might have been crying before because I came up later and found out. And So I was thinking about easing our burdens and this idea of, oh, this hard thing. Like I was worried about Millie. She's had this gecko for a year and she's been so diligent taking care of it and this is going to be a burden this is so hard and yet there have been little things like seriously the next day I get like quotes every day from the Deseret book it's I think it's called the bookshelf plus something like that app and every morning I get a quote and this one I got that literally that next day and it said Strictly speaking, there is no death and there are no dead. When things die, they do not cease to be. They merely cease to be in this world. And that's from Robert L. Millett's book, Life Beyond Death. And I haven't read that book, but that's what came up that day. And I shared it with Millie and she just felt better. And we had this burial ceremony and we just kind of cried about it and then we asked her the later that night do you think you'd be willing to maybe try again and that kind of helped her have a little bit of hope that maybe she could try again 
and get a new gecko. And here I am this next week thinking about how our burdens can be made light, even with small things like the death of a little pet. I just love that sentence from The Chosen where Jesus says to Eden, but I see you, you understand? And I hope we all can remember that and maybe take time to recognize when and how strong we have become because of the burdens we've been bearing in our lives. So I try to do kind of a more spiritual podcast every once in a while. And that was this today. And I hope it was helpful. And gosh, this is also if you haven't started watching The Chosen, if you like, like if you believe in Jesus Christ, um, it's such a cool way to kind of learn more about the stories because they just take one story and I don't, you know, obviously they're doing their best to be as accurate as they can, but they're just, you know, trying to guess how maybe things would be put together. But just the idea that Christ would be aware of Simon's wife's need before they leave and all these little things that probably the recorders didn't think about writing down, but they kind of make an emphasis and it's just really neat. So go and watch that if you haven't. I'll put the little clip to the episode eight where this happens. It's kind of right near like the first maybe five or 10 minutes of the episode. But anyway, you guys, I am grateful for, I would have to say some of my burdens that I've learned to bear, but it is because I have been more willing to rely upon Jesus Christ and his and a willingness to be humble and meek and change that that really has helped me and I guess I don't want to say like I'm so humble and meek my willingness to try to strive to be that way anyway I hope you guys are doing well and say a little prayer for cute Millie she's doing okay I didn't think she was gonna die All right. Have a great week. you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions come by findingthefloor.com where i will have show notes and links for anything i've mentioned today special thanks to seth johnson for creating and performing the theme music come back next week and thanks for listening 